Well, if anything, <coughs> I will record on my end, but it will be helpful if you can record on your end as well. Did y'all hit record already? Mm. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, so we are mm. officially yeah. live now. Are we hit record? What do you mean? The record the audio. Oh, my phone cannot. Okay, never mind. Never. If really cannot, then never cannot mind. Just, hi, who's who's Misty Coral? Hi, Misty Coral. Misty Coral is uh Ying, our spark friend. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yes. How did you find out about how yes, did you yes. find out about the podcast? We never publicize uh, to them. Right? I don't know. Probably probably my account uh, they follow my IG. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I think that's really influential level already. Yeah, yeah, we've got we got uh, some people uh, watching now. People who are like le- legit influencers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got a stream of, yeah. I see a stream of hearts coming up from below the screen. So I guess people must be liking the podcast. Why don't we... They must be. They're just encouraging us. <laughs> why don't we in, uh, get started? Liren, why don't you kick us off? Sure. All right. Okay. So hi, everybody who uh, have joined us tonight for our IG Live uh, discussion. Uh, and we have a very interesting topic tonight. But before we jump into that, I thought maybe we can just uh, quickly do an introduction of ourselves and why we are doing this uh, uh, as part of, uh, you know, on top of our work and all the other commitments that we have as uh, in our families and uh, and everything else. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, Elf, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so this is the Layer podcast. Uh, it's a uh Leia is short form for Li Ren, Elf, Yin Yi, and Ray. There are four of us. And we are doing this podcast to talk about social issues uh, that we observe in Singapore. Uh, and, and also because we mm-hmm. want to have a space where we can just talk about our thoughts, our reflections about all these different social issues going on. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's me. I'm, yep. I'm a social worker yeah. uh, by day. I don't know what I do by night. Mostly sleep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay, yeah. uh, Ray, you uh, back to, yeah. over to you. Okay, hi, my name is Ray. I'm a social worker by day, by night, by twenty four seven. Because that's the nature of my job. Um, why I decided to form this group and do this podcast with all of us here is because I feel like there are a lot of podcast uh, things in Singapore that's going around, but. Either they are not speaking from like a social worker lens, which is, of course, by no means their fault because they're not trained in social work. So I thought this would be a good platform for social workers to come together and provide their additional lens. That was one. And I feel like sometimes a lot of podcasts use all sorts of colorful language and it might not be very kid-friendly or teenage-friendly. So ours is a very uh, safe, but family-friendly podcast so everybody can join. All right. Okay. Yes. Over to Hello. I think I am like the few times already on IGTV, but I'm still not used to it. Um. Anyway, yes, I am a social worker, and I think I'm joining the Layer Podcast because I think it's something that I would like to practice to be able to articulate certain thoughts clearly, to be able to talk mm-hmm. in depth about certain issues that we feel strongly about, and that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's all yep. for me. Thank you, and back to you, Lian. Alright, okay, so hi everybody, I'm Li Ren, uh, and I'm also a social worker, and I'm also part of the Layer podcast. Uh, I just wanted also to say that uh, one of the reasons why we kind of named it Layer, uh, L-A-Y-R, yes. and apart from the fact that, you know, 
uh, taking out one consonant is like the very cool. Uh, is it a consonant or a vowel? No, it's a vowel. Taking out a vowel is a cool thing now, right? Uh, you see a lot of cafes there. Uh, but and also it kind of represents the acronym of our names. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that also it's uh, about kind of peeling through the various layers of uh, social issues. Uh, and I think like Ray rightly pointed out, I think social workers do have an important role to play in the social discourse. Like, and that's not, uh, we, we don't really see uh, any podcast that comes from this uh, particular professional lens. Yep. So I thought this is something that we are going to try to do. And yeah, hopefully it's something that everyone can gain insight and then also uh, join in with us. Yeah. Yes. So among our listeners, if, you, if any of you have any uh, topics that you want us to talk about, uh, any interesting uh, views that you want to hear, uh, feel free to drop us a comment. Yeah, leave a comment. Uh, if you yourself, you are somebody in the sector and you want to be one of our guests to talk about a passion that you have, um, yeah, tell us and we will be most happy to have you on the podcast as well. I see yeah. walking so, and farting so is also part of the sector. He's a bit shy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a very interesting IG name. <laughs> please leave um, comments if you have any questions for us. Yes. Yeah. All right, okay. So, uh, shall we jump into our topic for today? Yep. Um, yeah, okay. So, so uh, I've been uh, kindly arrowed to talk about the topic. <laughs> Uh, and our topic is this uh, new study that was released by MSF just freshly out of the oven like one week ago, uh, talking about the long-term impact of divorce on uh, children. And they found out, uh, so, so what MSF did was they worked with the Department of Statistics in Singapore and they sampled 100 over 1,000 Singapore children born between 1979 and 19, 1981. And I am categorically can say that I'm not part of this data set because I'm born in 1977. <laughs> so it doesn't include me, although my parents are divorced and I'm a child of divorced family, mm. so I should be in the... the, the, the this, this study la. yeah so basically the study goes mm. on to match um, children f- of uh, divorced families and, and intact families of the similar uh, demographics and um, similar c- family cam- characteristics uh, and they found that uh, children of divorced families are less likely number one less likely to obtain a university degree number two earn less yeah Number three, had lower CPF balances. Number four, were less likely to get married. And number five, were likely themselves to undergo divorce. So, and that's mm. where the, the robust discussion starts. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think this, this uh, report, when it was first uh, released, uh, I think it garnered a lot of attention uh, in both in the news and also on social media online. And there were very, uh, many different people were expressing very different views about this uh, topic and about the conclusions that the research uh, report drew from the data, right? Yeah, so actually, I'm just also very curious, uh, for the three of you, when, when you first uh, read uh, the MSF report, right, or you, you read reports of the report, yeah, what were your what were your first thoughts? Uh? like 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 what first what was the first thing that came to your mind? Way to or go like first to, reaction. Way to go to make divorce a really bad thing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like what you call like demonizing re- divorce, you know, like you cannot get divorced, otherwise your children mm. will, you know, not mm. ha- earn, not earn enough, not go to university, not you know, all this this mm. stuff. I mm. think that it's 
if I was a divorcee and I was feeding the after, it would be like what well, guilt trip, you know? Like, alamak, mm. should I have not done that? Alamak, my children mm. how? Yeah, mm. that was mm. the first thought. Mm. Okay, okay, first reaction. E, yourself? Um, okay, I, I have a little bit of a different take. I think mm. it's very interesting they actually look at the impact of divorce on children. I think I'm more keen to find out what causes divorces in life. What do the couples quarrel about? What are some of the issues that they are facing? Are there certain support that can be rendered to address that? So I think that's mm. my curiosity. And then I was like trying to find more articles to find out whether any research talks about are some issues, are there similar themes, are there similar patterns that we are seeing in some couples facing divorce? Yeah, so that's mm. where my curiosity mm. and my first personal view comes from that. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, maybe I can share a bit of my thoughts also. Mm. So my initial reaction when I saw the uh, conclusions, right, uh, of the report was like, I was like, huh, this kind of thing need research on me. I thought everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, and I, I sometimes like to say, you know, I think research kind of, uh, is always playing a catch-up game uh, with what clinicians kind of already know because we are on the ground and we see clients and we work with clients, right? Uh, but it, it's not until we have data like 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. you know, like especially longitudinal, longitudinal data much later uh, that the research kind of confirms uh, what we, what clinicians knew yeah. uh, all along. Yeah. So I was like, huh, this kind of thing, I thought everybody knew, <laughs> like how come they research? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my initial thoughts. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> you know, apart from you know our first initial reactions, right? And you know, as part of preparing for this podcast, then we kind of uh, looked at different sources. Uh, there have been different commentaries uh, written by different professionals. Yeah. Uh, discussions. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So 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 when when uh, you know as we were preparing for this, right? Uh, what were some of your uh, reflections or what maybe what were some things you agreed with in terms of what where the report is coming from and what it concludes uh, uh, and yeah and what do you disagree with uh, before we do that actually you just want to acknowledge uh, a comment by okay. Spoonage um, I think that's Ra- my mm. friend Rahman Abdul Rahman uh, and I guess you have to understand who are the ones doing the report and why they are motivated to do the research to begin with. Uh, yes, okay, the government mm. wants to highlight uh, divorce and, mm. you know, I think it's also part of the Singapore values that we talk about being in a family and, you know, wanting to keep the family intact mm. uh, and, and so on and so forth. So that, that's probably one of the mm. reasons. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. I, I tend to think that, you know, families go through different um, situations and sometimes when the relationships sour, when you, you know, people can fall in love, you can also fall out of love with each other. And when that happens, mm. it's really difficult to figure out how to continue in a relationship or in a family. Sometimes and when the conflict gets uh, gets too noisy or the it, it hits the fan, uh, um, then you also have to consider that sometimes it may be better to divorce because if you continue to stay on in a conflictual relationship and the arguments, the, the, the conflict just gets too ugly, it's not good for the kids. I think what the, um, the, the, the accepted wisdom in that sense is that if you find yourself to be in a really, really difficult situation in a relationship, then you might want to consider divorce because it can be more peaceful if you don't have that high conflict, high tension at home. Mm. Yeah. What do you, what do you all think? 
Yeah, I think definitely in terms of like abusive uh, relationships in husband and wife. Or <laughs> you shouldn't just stay in that kind of abusive relationship just because your children won't go to university, will get lesser salary and all that kind of thing. At the end of the day, you also have to protect yourself as an individual. And what are you teaching your children? What are you role modeling your children if you continue to be hit or if you continue hitting your partner? What kind of values will they learn about relationship and what kind of norms will they develop that, yeah, actually it's okay to hit your uh, boyfriend or girlfriend when you're arguing. It's okay if my parents do it all the time. Yeah, so there's also a lot of, it's not just about divorce. Underlying that whole thing, whether there's uh, constant uh, conflict or whether there's uh, family domestic violence, there's all these other things we also have to look into to see whether uh, our children are benefiting from living in this kind of environment or not. Yeah. That's something I want to add on. Um, and I think one of the, to add on to what else friends commented about why they were motivated, right? So in one of the, after a lot of people shoot, shoot, shoot down the article, uh, uh, they came out and they said specifically that, oh, this research is not meant to prove like a cause and effect relationship, right? Because of A, then B happens, but rather uh, they want to find out that uh, what are some interventions and support that families can have. And I think, that is also, okay, my opinion, is not a very good time to have. It doesn't mean people on the verge of divorcing need this kind of uh, support. Actually, mm. all couples will go through so many ups and downs in a marriage life and the government should consider having this kind of, uh, what do you call it, like marriage prep programs but at different stages of a couple's life, regardless of whether the couple is considering a divorce or not. I feel like you shouldn't just, like, don't just firefight come in before that at different stages. Uh, I know mm. like, um, like when me and my husband... Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. We, we'll come into the intervention part a, a bit later. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's explore uh, the, the whole uh, topic about bit, the conclusion. I got a little bit excited just now because Ray was starting to steal my point. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to... Okay, I'll, I'll share it later on. But let's let's hear from mm, Liran yeah. and Imi first. Maybe your your first reactions. Mm. Yeah, maybe Imi, you can go first. Okay. Um, I think for myself, right? Um, coincidentally, like what Ray shared, I think when I think about divorce, the first thing I think about is marriage. So I think I go back to the starting point as to why couples are motivated to get married. So I think that that's what was my first reaction. So. Are we getting married to the person because getting married helps us to obtain certain financial stability? Is it because of housing? Is it because of citizenship? Is it because this is the Singapore dream? Do we want to get married because we want to be seen as a married woman, a married man? Or do we really truly love the person, have a connection with the person, and we just want to grow old with the person? What's the motivation we have when we actually wanted to get married? And how many of those who actually get married, I need to truly ask yourself, get married because you truly love the person, you really have a deep connection with the person, and you just want to go over with the person. I think that was the first initial re- reaction when I had it. Lah. Yeah, but mm. it was like what Ray said, it's marriage that I thought about. Yeah. Mm. What about mm. you, Liren? Yeah, so so actually when I was reading the report, right, um, it reminded me of a couple of things that I kind of teach uh, in one of my modules. La. Yeah, so so I, I actually kind of think of it from two perspectives. Uh, and so so the first perspective is what they call the uh, marriage uh, breakdown perspective. 
yeah so so this is a perspective in society that people have that uh i, I think we tend to hear it uh a bit more in conservative circles uh where there's a talk about how the institution of marriage is breaking down marriages are less resilient we're seeing higher rates of divorce um, uh, in, in society and uh, there is this uh, a lot of talk about what we uh, should do or could do to uh, reduce divorce yeah uh, because of the impacts of divorce that, that we, we already understand as clinicians yeah so then there's also the other perspective which is the marriage resilience perspective right uh, and the marriage resilience perspective things about also looks at the fact that divorces are on the rise, uh, and that is an indisputable fact. Uh, but it, it looks at it from a slightly different angle that um, divorces are on the rise today because uh, uh, unsatisfactory marriage is less acceptable to modern people mm. or people who live in the modern world, right? Uh, if you don't feel that uh, this is somebody that, you know, uh, you want to you want to grow old with, or you have a lot of conflict, uh, and then uh, divorce is an acceptable option. Uh, whereas in the past, there may have been a bit a lot more stigma, a lot more social pressure, a lot more shame, uh, and people tended to stay uh, in even deeply unhappy uh, marriages as well. And I'm sure we all know people like that. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think it just kind of reminded me of the two different perspectives uh, and. Uh, also then wondering like, you know, uh, what, what the research report would, you know, con- would, would lead people to conclude lah. Yeah. In terms of the views. Yeah. So that's just, that's, that's, that's my thoughts. Yeah. So if yeah. you were to think about our, <laughs> if you were to think about our, uh, think a bit deeper about it, like how, how would we mm. want to, you know, if you want to study the impact of, um, uh, marriage and divorce, or or even like the family in that sense. What mm. uh, how, how, would we want to change the the report in such a way that it would be a, a a more accurate reflection of the current situation? I mean, how would we want to change the report, or what what would we want mm. to study or research mm. in that sense? Like what mm. Ini said yeah. earlier, right? We want to find out like what actually are the causes of divorce. Like, is it because of communication breakdown? Mm. Is it because the it was a marriage of convenience and then it was not convenient anymore? Is, is it you know something else? Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or do you have any other thoughts mm. about um about the study? Mm. I I think for me the the main uh, challenge with the study is that it is not out to uh, determine causation. Uh, yeah, and it's purely looking at the interrelation or the interconnection between two sets of variables. Like one on one side is uh, the presence of divorce in the family origin. And then the other is the long-term uh, academic and economic uh, outcome indicators. Yeah. Uh, so, so because the research was not out to determine causation, so I think it's kind of hard to say that it's divorce that caused those uh, effects, like yeah, 20, right. 30 years down the road. Yeah. There, there's so many things that can be, that can kind of come uh, in between. You know, we... Uh, we, we talk about how children living in, in, in uh, stressful family environments face toxic stress. Uh, that literally has effect on their uh, brain development, uh, their decision-making, executive functioning skills, yeah. uh, and, and how that also then, you know, uh, leads to ac- differences in academic achievements. Yeah. yeah. 
But I yeah. think I think so. That's one of my top. Yeah, but I think mm. if you also want to um uh correctly uh kind of like identify the issue, right? Because you're talking about divorce, and then when you talk about the the camp, the development of the brain when a, a person is younger, mm. that one is more of like trauma informed. Yeah. Um, kind of yeah. like uh, the, the impact of trauma at an early age and how it affects mm. uh, or yeah. impacts development. So it need not necessarily yeah. be about divorce because you can also be a victim yeah. of trauma when you are still in an intact family. Yeah. It could be because of mm. family violence. It could be because yeah. of external factors like rape or, or whatever the situation might be. So mm. it's trauma yeah. is trauma. Divorce is divorce. You don't want to kind mm. of like put the two together, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, in fact, I think what you are talking about, uh, Alphonsus, is uh, what they call the adverse childhood experience. Adver- yeah. Okay, can't quite hear you, Liren. You kind of froze there for a moment. Yeah. yeah. You're saying about the adverse childhood experience. Yes. Yes. Oh, but Liren, we cannot hear you. Yeah. Like, like Zoom, you cannot mute that like that. Hi, are you able to hear me? Yes, yes. now we can. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My Bluetooth speaker died. Yeah, okay. uh, my, my Bluetooth earphones died. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I was saying, uh, yeah, so, so in the A study, uh, divorce, uh, childhood trauma, uh, being witnesses of uh, domestic violence, uh, having to shift houses like frequently uh, as a child, these are all, uh, these are all contributors to adverse childhood experiences. No? Yeah. Hmm. How about we talk about our mm. reflections on the on the study? I have I have two thoughts. Um, one is uh, because they they're talking about um, marriage and divorce in a kind of like a traditional definition of marriage where you have one man and one woman, mm. right? But there there also yep. what we understand also there can be many different definitions of a family. Like for example, mm. you have a single parent configuration. Like for some reason, um, uh, there's only one parent. That's one configuration of a uh, a family. Uh, there's also different configurations like LGBTQ co- configurations. Um, there could be instances mm. where the child is not raised by the parents; is raised by the grandparents. That's also a a, a definition of of uh, family. So to say that you know, like a, a child being raised by grandparents, is it any better or not not better than? Uh, being raised directly by the parents, I mean mm. that's just also something that we haven't considered. So, like the the the, yeah. the configuration of family, how do you define a family in that first place? And in is the de- traditional definition of a family still relevant in uh, the, the 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 context that we are living in today? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So, so Elf, you would, I think, I think you would then be. Uh, I, I think that the one thought that leads on to what you're sharing is that. Yeah. So, if, if we are not thinking uh, only in terms of the traditional one man one woman uh, heterosexual marriage structure, yeah. uh, 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 then we may need to widen our understanding of what are the factors. Uh, that lead to uh, less positive outcomes for for children later on in life. Yeah, would that be mm, okay? I mean, I, I've yeah. o- I've worked yeah. with so many different configurations of family, and one of the one of the common things that, that has emerged will be like, for example, the parents came from a, 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 another country. Then, for some reason, the, mm. the grandparents came, with, or the grandparents are in Singapore. They look after the the children, and the parents went off to work somewhere. You know, so. That's still also that's also a family. It's not a traditional children raised by 
uh, the parents. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's so mm. many different possibilities in that sense. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. So if we're looking at sorry, go ahead. I think yeah. apart from seeing like the different types of families that have now emerged in society, I think another factor that would also influence the outcomes of these children is the amount of social support um, networks. Is it of a high density? Is it a low density? That will also determine some form of impact. It's not divorce alone, but when you have more social capital in your life, it will definitely mm-hmm. have impact in terms of your finances, in terms of meeting certain needs of the children, like educational needs. So I feel like it's not just seeing the divorce and then seeing the children. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more like systems mm-hmm. that need to be considered. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's an interesting view because like, let's say uh, you have kids uh, who weren't maybe not even living with their parents in the first place or their main caregivers were somebody else, right? Your grandparents, aunts, uncles. Yeah. Uh, then in that, in that sense, uh, maybe, maybe even the parental divorce may not have a huge emotional impact uh, because the caregivers and the attachment figures are still consistent over time. Right, because of the the differing uh, family structure that they come from. Mm. I I think that okay. if it is the the purpose of the study is to talk about relationships and marriages and wanting to talk about how you can, um, maybe reinforce uh marriages in that sense, then maybe I would like to see the government put the money where their mouth is and pay for. You know, uh, therapy for couples in, in like what Ray was saying earlier, which is this is why I said you stole my point because I wanted to say this. <laughs> uh, I would like, I, I really would want to see the government put their money where their mouth is, and if they feel yeah. that marriages are so important, give free counseling for couples, free couples therapy. You know, ten sessions yeah. of free couples yeah. therapy. Go and see the the therapist instead of waiting until your marriage really is on the brink of falling apart. Then you go and see, go and see before it actually happens. Go and see when you are happy. That's when you can actually talk about, you know, how how your how you want your marriage to be, and that's that's where if you're happy, you're you're able to communicate with each other. Then that's where ideas get, uh, be be able to get transmitted. But if you're on the verge of breakdown, you're already at each other's throats. You want to like kill each other already. How you talk? How you listen to each other? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good point about therapy. Any thought? Actually, I was I was just thinking about what else did, and then I was just asking myself. Actually, it's a good idea. Um, however, I'm just wondering, right? What is the population, or what is the profile of people who may encounter issues? Okay, so I'm I'm even like because just now Elf actually asked a good question about you know the research, right? I was mm-hmm. even thinking of going into demographics because I think my first question was also whether you know even if let's say we are looking at therapy, is there a stigma that has um, to do with couple counselling. What do people think about couple counselling? Am, am I right? And yeah. if let's say it's older couples, for example, with an emptiness syndrome, for example, right? A lot of them, you know, previously had children and then after yeah. that they had, you know, right now they are quarrelling because now they have to live together with each other and they are like so foreign with each other and this is something that we learn in social work. Am I yes, right? Yes, <laughs> emptiness syndrome, yes. You know, in a fam- exactly, the family mm. life cycle, right? So then how do we encourage this group of people? But I think that ultimately we need to ask ourselves, what is the demographics of couples facing divorce? I think that might be something that research could probably look into. Um, what mm. are some of the challenges that face so that we can mm. tailor certain intervent- uh, interventions as well as recommendations a little bit better and more and sharper. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that, yeah. that's my thoughts for now. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. And actually, maybe sometimes even uh, what are the, I mean, in line with the thought on demographics, right? At what life stage do people tend to get divorced, yeah. right? Yeah, because I think as social workers, we don't just uh, think about them as individuals, but we think about them uh, in the context of the which stage of life they're in. We think about them in the context of the larger society that they live in, right? So are there other types of stressors or other types of challenges that people at particular stages face uh, that make it particularly difficult to maintain a, a marriage relationship, right? Uh, Anytime you give birth to a child at KKH or whatever, they should have like a pamphlet program. Right? <laughs> you must give you a pamphlet to, to you, right? Immediately after you give birth, okay, join this program. Correct, when your child enters primary school and your child enters secondary school, you know, all these major milestones, right? Then you keep mm. having this kind of like, I don't know, booster sessions or parenting talks or whatever. I feel like there needs to be a lot of preempt work that is being done. Yeah. Uh, couples mm. and couples you might get so caught up in the daily needs of a child, right? Yeah. They sometimes don't even see that they are drowning. It's mm. just about, okay, make sure my child eat, make sure my child bathe, make sure my child sleep. You know, you don't realize you're getting into trouble and you are having difficulties managing the new demands placed on your family. Mm. And I think in addition to what Ini shared, there needs to be a normalizing effect in society yeah, that is actually yeah. okay to go for this type of counseling. So that's why I thought if you mm-hmm. tie it in nicely with giving birth in a hospital, with primary school, with secondary school, it becomes mm. part of a, 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 a thing that the entire society goes through. Yeah, mm. and basically mm. you minimize any form of stigma in wanting to reach out mm. and do this uh, couple counseling. Mm. If anything that comes out of this podcast, this particular episode, because we're talking about this uh, topic of uh, divorce and the study on divorce, right? I would like to think that if anyone watching here who's, who's got a family and who got kids in a marriage, please go and take use this. Uh, because of this podcast, you go and see a, th- a marital uh, therapist right, for your, your marriage. And, and then and down the road, it saves you, you know, because you're able to talk together, it saves you from divorce. Uh, I would say that this podcast will have already served its purpose. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and, and, and if you don't, if you don't want to pay for um, the therapy, right, come and look for me, okay? I, th- I teach you how to get free therapy. <laughs> got, got a lot of different ways, one, okay? It's, it's, it's very easy. Just kind of leave a comment for me or send me a direct message. I teach you how. Very easy, one. I thought you were going to volunteer <laughs> to be the therapist. <laughs> I don't want more work. I don't want more work. But there's a, there's a way. There's a way, there's a way to get free therapy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. I wanted to add on to Ray's point about the milestones, right? Because actually, I mean, I, I'm a parent, uh, and Ray is a parent. He is a parent as well, and you will know that, uh, MSF already sends us milestone reminders, right? Uh, I mean, there's a live app. Yeah, I get a email from MSF every year on my child's birthday. Oh, yeah, really. Yeah, every year, uh, on my child's birthday. So they do. Uh, these, uh, so uh, these things are uh, in the system. Uh, so it could, I mean, of course, the larger picture is, you know, how to pay for the therapy and, and, uh, and all that. Lah. But, but you know, it's not impossible to kind of drop parents a reminder, you know, should you do a marriage check-in? Uh, some ag- some agencies do, do stuff like that, a, a check-in retreat. Um, uh, should you do a, a, a marriage check-in, you know, uh, what, you, or even, you know, just kind of pushing articles about what are common challenges that 
uh, families face at different stages of life and, and that might just uh, help to remind uh, families that it, it's okay to get help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do know of, uh, of, of people who uh, do want to go for therapy uh, or, or there is a need to go for therapy uh, but but you know cost is a factor and of course uh, uh, the other part is the stigma lah. yeah uh, especially for the guys <laughs> the, for the husbands because there's this the guys you know, always if cannot, I go me yeah there's something wrong with me right yeah, yeah that's right the guys yeah. cannot accept that there's something wrong with them that's why they don't like to go for therapy yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but yeah, but really, there's nothing wrong. I mean, among our listeners here, uh, I, I've been for personal therapy. Uh, it's one of the best things that happened to me. Um, I think for maybe some of you might have as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's really one of the one of the best things to work on yourself. Mm. Yeah, maybe we can move. We can talk a little bit about you know what were your own uh, experiences because our topic is. Today is on, you know, the impact of divorce on children, right? So, yeah. you know, it, what were your own experiences, so, so very, whether personal or professional? Yeah, so it's very mm. interesting because um, in E, Ray and Liren yourself, you're all married with kids, right? And I'm the uh, one from a divorced family and I'm not married. I don't have any kids. So maybe the study is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're not, we not linking yeah. causation here. Huh? No causation, huh? <laughs> But actually, I, can I just jump in at this point? Yep. Um, I was just thinking about what Liren said earlier uh, about, you know, this, this study um, on children and immediately actually the, the, the thought that jumped onto me is the word labelling. So I'm also wondering to a certain extent when we have such studies, are we also unconsciously labelling children from single parents? Mm. Are we saying that they are, you know, probably, you know, feel inferior already, ma? Because I think just now, I think, was it Ray or was it one of us who actually shared that, you know, if you are the child and you're reading this report, you're an adult child like Elf yourself, you're an adult mm. child and you read this report, how would it make you feel, you know? Because mm. then, mm. unconsciously, do you feel different coming from someone mm. from single parent family and, you know, there is mm. such weird factors, you know? So, what are your thoughts? I'm really very curious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think growing up uh, and seeing my parents go through the struggles that they did, uh, one of the... I, I, okay, so here's the thing. I wish that there was someone who can tell me uh, this is normal, uh, can explain to me uh, they are quarreling and you know it's, it's difficult for them to understand each other, blah, 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 uh, and tell me that it's not my fault. Because growing up, I, I always felt as if like there's something, a part of me was like, oh, oh it's my fault or uh, I, I misbehave somehow and then this is what's happening. And I, I kept thinking that I had something to do with it. Uh, and that also brought a lot of uh, different sense of like guilt or at one point of time, I, I heard my, my, okay, and this is a personal thing. I heard my dad crying in the, in the shower, in the toilet every day because mom just left. And I kept thinking to myself, like, oh, um, it's one of those things that I recall from my, my childhood. And it's got such a big impact on me, right? Because I kept thinking, uh, I need to go and protect him. I need to go and do something to take care of him, right? And mm-hmm. and that, that in a way, that it, it, maybe it's good because it made me feel as if like, I need to help other people. I, I don't know. Um, but it, the, 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 the truth is that it did have an impact on me and it did make me um, 
see things in a different light. I guess I I I, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing, yeah. Elle. Because I think I think this is something that we we as social workers we always hear lah. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I, I just want to research information rather than another research angle. I mean, I'm just thinking lah. Besides doing templates, which I think is a fantastic idea, how can we also work together with children who actually experience divorce? What what else can be done for them? You know, mm. to hear to hear them. Is there any even any differences in terms of you know uh, demographics? If let's say the the children are older and the children are younger, is there any difference? Would, would it would divorce you know still hurt them? Or is that the adoption point? Yeah, so I, I'm just thinking of like just different research angles will help us understand better. Although I mm. have to see there's many researchers of divorce, am I right? Yeah, mm. but whether how current it is, how can we also refine the work that we are doing as a Yeah, what are your thoughts? Mm. Mm. Actually, okay, so I have a slightly, uh, not not really a different thought, but but uh, additional mm. thought to what Yi was, was sharing about labeling lah. Yeah, so so when I read uh, some of the responses uh, that, you know, uh, the research would make, you know, parents of divorce uh, or parents who have been through divorce feel very guilty about their decisions and whatnot, right? Um, one of the thoughts I had was, uh, does that then mean or, 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 or does the, the fact that it could potentially have a labeling effect then mean that uh, it's not a topic we should study? Yeah, um, or is it that the labeling effect is because what we are studying is perhaps incomplete, mm. or we should also have other angles that we cover, right? So, like when I read the research report, one of the big curiosities I had was if you read the research report, they talk about how there are uh, many children who come from divorced families uh, who actually outperform uh, yes. the average, right? Yes. Uh, and I was so curious, what is it that helps these kids uh, do well, right? Yes, uh, yes, despite yes. the predisposition. Uh, yeah, you know? yes. yeah what, what, what helps them? Is it social support? Is it having a adult figure somewhere in their life? Uh, is it having a good teacher? Is it, you know, uh, if they were already performing well academically? Is it at what age the, the parents... A, a divorce. Well, what 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 are the factors that that build the strength? You see, yeah. So so I, I think for me, I think there is there is a need to study things that are not so palatable or maybe even negative. Uh, but perhaps the angle also needs to be rounded off with looking at strength as well, la. Yeah, because if we don't study these topics, then 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 I think we will we will never really know. Uh, and, and it will not also inform our practice as well. Yeah. Yeah, I really think I, I, that that what you said really resonates with me because I think we sh- mm-hmm. like moving like wanting to better understand like uh, better understanding why someone would perform so much better than other people than the average, uh, and being able to mm-hmm. understand the, the the if there are any causes or what are the contributing factors to that. Uh, the circumstances mm-hmm. in which that person is able to perform better, I think that is so much more richer than just saying, you know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like in a brushstroke, you know, like uh, oh, all children of divorced families are going to be in trouble or something. Yeah, I, I think that's so mm-hmm. much more empowering yeah. in that sense as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Mm. It makes me curious. I mean, there are all these divorce specialist support agencies, right? Like, yeah. It makes me curious what informs their practice. Do they know what are some of these resilience boosting protective factors that they really harness and build on those uh, rather than yeah. doing the usual like, oh, how do you co-parent after divorce? Or how do you mm. explain to the child um, that your parents are going through a divorce? You know, rather than mm. this usual stuff, what else can we do mm. that has shown mm. um, some evidence that they are going with this angle work? Building yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do hear anecdotally from friends uh, who are involved in these divorce, uh, divorce uh, support services that it's quite challenging though, uh, because a lot of times uh, the parents will come for your mandatory workshops and you know co-parenting workshops. Uh, it, it's really the last thing on their minds. I think there was a lot of them are under a lot of stress. You know, looking at you know, housing, accommodation, money problems. Uh, and it's sometimes, you know, they're at the survival level uh, and co-parenting is really uh, not, 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 the, not, not something that, that they, they have the, the mind space to think about. Yeah, so I do think it's, 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 it's really a challenging uh, type of service to offer. Mm. You know, talking so, about divorce and mm. yeah, uh, talking about divorce mm. and marriages, right? What do you think might be certain, uh, something that we can follow up with uh, in a subsequent episode? You know, like uh, is it about uh, relationship counseling, uh, about or maybe like how does how do relationships work? How do you foster better communication? Would that be an interesting topic for future episodes? Actually, this question mm. is. This question is directed Secret to all the of making a marriage work. Yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe that could be like a research kind of thing, also, right? Uh, that one we must charge for it, lah. If you want, if you want to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to, we have to put a put up a Patreon or something, right? And then you, you once you subscribe, you pay money, right? Then you get the 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 secret sauce, or the, the all the. <laughs> yeah. Wow, money making uh, options, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so before we bore the 10 people who are still watching the podcast, uh, maybe we can round off with, with some of our, our thoughts or uh, we were supposed to talk about something that we that was kind of like a, a happy thing for us, right? Today or, or was mm, it? Yeah. Yeah, what was one happy thing that you encountered this week? Mm. Okay, I'm going to sound very lame, but Hey, Vidal, chocolate pie, Kit Kat, McFlurry. That's what I see next week. Hey, chocolate pie is popular, I think, on uh, Saturday or something. Yeah. I think chocolate pie is, is going for $1 on Saturday. Ah. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. Chocolate pie from where? McDonald's, is it? Yeah, Mac, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Max, yeah okay. it's not bad, it's not bad. Okay. Mm. Limited time only, Elf. Okay, oh. yeah. Saturday, we'll go and, we'll go and eat. <laughs> <laughs> talking talking about food, um, I'm a I'm a huge I I'm y'all know about this uh uh petai you know petai the smelly bean, I'm a huge fan of uh. smelly bean and and today I had my favorite stall smelly bean with um uh sambal prawns, oh I love that I love oh. that dish a Thai style also some more. Yeah, they, if you're near my office, there's this there's this Thai uh, outlet, this this Thai store that does a wonderful petai with sambal prawns <laughs> and uh, uh basil <laughs> fried. Um, uh, rice, very very good. Mm. Yeah, 
we're all on, on food. Uh. I want to talk about food also. <laughs> but mine is less about eating. But watching, uh, uh, I've been following MasterChef, uh, the Singapore one. Oh. Uh, uh, and I've, I'm very impressed with the production quality. It, it, it feels like you're watching the American version almost. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I think the contestants are quite mind-blowing this round. So, yeah, yeah, I like to cook. Uh, so this kind of thing is like, wow, my thing. <laughs> Yeah, you? Not leh. I I not food leh. I'm gonna say something, but then because my husband is around, so I'm just gonna still say it because you're asking what is one thing that make you happy this week. Mine is not food. <laughs> Mine is a little bit relevant to our topic today. Yes. Which actually is uh, the having a healthy conversation with my husband. Aww. So we like to talk Aww. and we talk a lot and we talk about in that stuff. That our views, our perspectives in relationships, in families, um, about life, about work. So I, I also realized how important it is to just talk about things, even yeah. if we don't agree, right? Yeah. I was so happy mm. about it. But yeah, it's here. It's Scott there. <laughs> Hi, Scott. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. More, 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 model, model couple. There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have it, a secret ingredient for this. <laughs> Yeah, that's mm. for me. Okay. Thank you. Right. Okay. So, so thanks everybody for the time, uh, and thanks to our listeners. Uh, I think there's eight now, nine still here. Uh, thanks for staying all the way. Uh, but I think along the way, there have also been other uh listeners who join, and maybe for various reasons had to leave the uh the, the podcast as well. We'll be, uh, we'll be putting up a recording. Yep, uh, and uh, it will be on Spotify and wherever you get your podcast. So like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> okay, All right. episode okay, three, talk to you episode three is in the can. Mm. Okay, okay, take, take care, care people. Bye. Have a good Thursday night. Bye. Bye. So I just close this, is it? Yes, you just close yes, it. Yes, so what do I do? Press the cross okay. Press the cross and then press end video. Oh my. Okay. Ha ha ha.